I know, especially here in DFW, transactions are down 20%. Mm-hmm. And the really interesting stats to me is that new construction, new listings, they're up like 17% year over year, while resales down 12%. Yeah. So new construction is pouring houses onto the market while people are just staying home. And they're, yeah. they're not putting theirs on the market as well. Yeah, and, that, and that's fascinating too. Welcome to episode 21 of the How To Real Estate Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeremy Smith and myself, Kyle Lindsay. If you haven't heard, interest rates have been going nuts for the last year, and they have finally gone over 8%. Ouch. Jeremy, what is this doing to buyer buyers in the market right now? Man, it is... Uh... It's keeping them at home, man. It's keeping them from doing stuff. Keeping them in their apartments. Yeah. <laughs> keeping them in their apartments, keeping them in their rentals, keeping yeah. them in the home that's too small for them or the home that's just too big for them. Right. Man, it's just, it's just really killing folks. Um, and, and we know some people just those rates have just financially made it impossible mm-hmm. for them to make a move. Other groups, they can still do it. But they just have been so used to the two and three percent interest rates that they're like, uh, no, yeah, like <laughs> why would I do that? Why would I go with the eight point zero three percent on a conventional? Is what the rates are today, right? Why would I do that when I've got this three percent rate? I'll just stay where I'm at mm-hmm. and kind of grind it out until these rates come down. So it's definitely taken its toll. You know, it's taken right. its toll. Inventory's low, but surprising enough, homes are just sitting on the market. You know, prices are coming down as a result of of these rates. So I think it's having an impact, not just on buyers, but on sellers as well. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think statistics show somewhere in the upper 70s, we'll just call it 80% of people that are buying a home have one to sell. Mm. Um, or if you're, you know, put it in their way, if you have a home to sell, you're probably going to buy another home, more than likely. So it's a, it's a lower majority, or sorry, much smaller percentage of person who needs to sell a house, but isn't going to buy one. And yeah. if you... Have a low mortgage rate that's very affordable. Even though you want to move, you may not because obviously you don't want to deal with that payment. And we've seen this play out. I mean, I know that there are people that are moving every day here in DFW. We're closed. They're still closing over 7,000 transactions a month. Yeah. So business is still happening. I believe that this year over $97 billion is being paid out in commissions across the country, nice. which is the highest in recorded history. So there's business still happening out there. there However, is. I know, especially here in DFW, transactions are down 20%. Mm -hmm. And the really interesting stats to me is that new construction, new listings, they're up like 17% year over year, while resales down 12%. Yeah. So new construction is pouring houses onto the market while people are just staying home. And they're not putting theirs on the market as well. Yeah. And and that's fascinating too, because when the market was – going crazy after COVID, like new construction was like. They couldn't keep up. Yeah, they couldn't, you know, and, and there was a lot of impact from supply chain and all that mm-hmm. stuff for due to that uh, or that contributed to that. But uh, the, now it's the complete opposite where they've mm-hmm. got the supply chain, they've got the products, they've got the manpower, they're, they're still building homes and they can do things that homeowners can't. Mm-hmm. They've got bigger pockets. They're not living in these homes like there's just a lot more flexibility on the builder side than than a homeowner would have when it comes to like, hey, here's what we can do when selling a home. We're seeing these builders give crazy incentives right now. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, to to further that point there too, like I, 
I think builders, they treat it. I mean, they're obviously it's a business, so they're treating their homes. They're building like a product, right? They need to move the product. Whereas homeowners, that it's something that we battle every day as an agent is that once a homeowner thinks their house is worth a certain amount, they've attached themselves to that, that, that amount. They think that money is already money in their pocket. Right. And so any reduction in that price is basically you removing money from their pocket. Certainly. And it's hard to break through that mentality. Yeah. And then also just the human aspect of it. Yeah. Right. Somebody's living in their home. They've got to go through that whole process of getting the home ready, putting mm -hmm. it on the market, dealing with showings, getting the kids and the animals out of the house, you know, planning to move and mm -hmm. utilities and looking for a home, then getting pre-approved for a loan. And like, there's just so much for them yeah. to do. Their life is kind of severely impacted, right? Mm -hmm. and, and inconvenienced to some extent when they try to buy and sell a home at the same time, or even just sell a home. Whereas the builders, like they're already living somewhere. They're mm -hmm. not living in these homes. Like you said, it's just a product, right? They're, right? That's their job. That's their business is to create these living spaces and then sell them, right? right? They don't, don't really lose sleep, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not impacted them too much. So, Yeah. So today we have some strategies that are working in today's market. Like we said, here in DFW, we are blessed to be in probably one of the still one of the hottest growth markets in the country. Absolutely. And so there's still a lot of transactions happening here. Um, and we have been closing deals still, um, you know, not quite as many as last year, but we're, we're getting there. And you know, we are still closing deals every day. We want to share some of those strategies that are working. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's important for the listeners to know that these strategies should work regardless of your market. Exactly. Right. These are all fundamental principles that you can use to put deals together where deals did not exist prior. Yep. Right. It's just being smart, um, understanding the tools that you have in your toolbox, understanding how to use the tools in your toolbox. And my favorite thing to do is the first step is educating. Yes. Right. So educating ourselves so that we can go forth and educate our clients on these different tools. What mm -hmm. does this mean? How does it work for you? Um, what's the benefit to you? And just um, just really making them comfortable because a lot of these things we're going to talk about, regular homeowners and, and potential buyers, they don't know about this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's an important concept to really understand because- you need to be really good at explaining these things because people won't always tell you and they don't understand. Right. They won't. Um, and so be sure not only are you, do you understand how this works, but get really good at asking clarifying questions. Certainly. Um, so you can really reiterate and make sure they did catch on to what you're throwing down because these are not the easiest concepts. And honestly, I wish we didn't have to use them, but it's the reality, reality of today's market. Yeah. yeah. I'm just grateful we have them. Yes. You know, grateful we have them and grateful for the opportunity to learn them even mm -hmm even more. Now, if you guys have not already subscribed to the channel, please do so. Follow yeah. us um, on the socials. We're on all of them. Follow us here on um, iTunes, if that's what you're where you're listening, or um, Spotify. We're also on YouTube. If you're not watching the video there, go there, follow us there, give us a like, show us with your friends. By now, you know that we know what we're talking about. We're going to give you some good stuff. And our goal is just to keep you informed. Yeah keep you informed. A lot of agents we're talking to nowadays, they're, they're lacking the training, they're lacking the support and they're going to, you know, local folks that, that mean well, mm -hmm. but aren't necessarily giving them what they need. And so that's what we're here to do. Bridge the gap, give you what you need. Go ahead and subscribe and learn. So we talked a little bit about education and now we've got about five or six things mm -hmm. that, that we're going to go into on what can be done, tools that you can use to help your clients get deals. So first one, closing cost assistance. What are your thoughts? 
this is a, this is obviously probably the, the crux of all of this because closing cost assistance is is really it's money being given from the seller to the buyer, and this is probably the easiest and and my my first go to for anything because some of these other strategies we're going to talk about all you know they hinge on whether or not the seller has given closing cost assistance for whatever these 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 uh, issues that we're going to talk about, but directly just. You know, skipping over the rate buy downs for now, we'll get to those here in a second. But just lowering the cash it takes your buyer to close is huge. Yes, because especially for your your buyers that don't have a ton of money and they need help getting into the house, this is where they can get tremendous assistance from the seller. And this is also going back to you as the agent, really understanding your buyer situation. Where do they need the most help? Is it with the mortgage payment down the road or is it right here up front because they have limited cash right now? Right. We just closed a VA buyer that got all of his earnest money back. Mm-hmm. And I love that because he zero, he really truly had a zero down experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. No closing costs, no down payment, 100% of his earnest money back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a big one. That's kind of a common one. Like we've always known about that. Right. But I think it, it's super important to dig into because – it can also be used in combination with other things, mm-hmm. right? As you get closing cost assistance, you can use some of these other things we're going to mention. But that's a big one. And and I love that you threw in there understanding your client situation, yeah. right? We have we just negotiated a repair on a property where the buyer is a cash buyer. Mm-hmm. Closing cost assistance will do nothing for the cash buyer. Correct. Right. It, we, now, so we're doing a price reduction, mm-hmm. right? That's what, that, that's what makes most sense. So you got to understand the whole situation. Yeah. All right. So next we have new construction. So new construction is is probably the easiest one to get new buyers into right now. Um, if you have a buyer that is having difficulty with resale through because of affordability issues or anything else, really, um, you are doing them a disservice if you're not showing them new construction. Because kind of we we alluded to in the earlier in the beginning of this episode. New constructions or uh, communities and builders, they are throwing crazy incentives out right now. There's a community I just visited with with a buyer I'm looking with, and they were offering 6.12% interest rates um, along with 20K towards closing um, and a 10K price reduction on any of their homes if you could close before the end of November. And it was just like, for that buyer, that was huge because that solved... One, I mean, the 10K off the price is just nice. It doesn't really do a whole lot for your monthly payment. But the right. 20K in incentives, drastic. We're talking about change their payment by over $400 per month. Right. And they got the 6.12 interest rate. So they were able to buy that down even further. It just, it's it's a huge win. And there's a ton of new constructed communities doing a lot of different things. Now, even if you're in a market that is not being, you know, built out as, as big as DFW is, find a local builder who is having trouble f- you know, moving their homes, work something out with them. Yeah. I mean, most people, most sellers right now, especially builders who have inventory just sitting, they will make deals. Absolutely. And and you got to be creative. Yeah. Like, especially with those smaller builders that aren't necessarily advertising mm-hmm. what they're going to do, just be creative. You know, look, yeah. if, even if you have to look into other markets and say, hey, what are your, what are your builders giving you guys over there? Yeah. You know, hey, they're giving us this. Okay, we'll go to that builder in your town and mm-hmm. ask for that. You know, be creative. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, if a builder can't, some builders financially, especially the smaller ones, they they really can't do huge incentives because they don't have the profit in the house. Ask for things that they can provide at cost. Meaning, 
Are there any extra upgrades can, that they can do? Can they get more sod for the yard or put a sprinkler system in or mm -hmm. something that has a lower cost to, to them to do, but a much higher value to your clients at the Absolutely. end of the day? Something along those lines, you know, you can you can normally work something out with these builders because they want to move these homes. Until they move the homes, they may have all their cash tied up in those and they can't build anything else. Yep, absolutely. They're they're definitely down to get rid of inventory, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. And I I don't know how true this is, but I heard that what they're doing is they're buying like group rates mm -hmm. as far as like the interest rates go. Like yes. they're going to a lender, the buyer has to use that lender, but they're like buying these their 20 loans or whatever mm -hmm. at this particular rate. Yep. Is that what's going on? Yeah, that's exactly what happened with this community I was just at. And, you know, I, I was trying to get a different house that was going to close in December. And the guy's like, look, um, we bought a block of rates for this amount of homes in the neighborhood. And if you use this, so, you know, it's, it's this or nothing, basically, because right. that's how the, we bought it. Um, and once that was described to me, because I thought they were just trying to negotiate. But once they confirmed that with the lender and, you know, I heard it right from the horse's mouth. And, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how they're doing it. Some, yeah. Well, some are. Yeah. Now, other other companies like Dr. Horton or Lennar or oh, some of these other like uh, Pulte, these big big builders that own their own mortgage company, that's a little different yeah. because they own that mortgage company. Yeah. Yeah. Just closed the deal with Meritage, mm -hmm. and um, it was it was cool because the buyer had a lender, and the lender said, "Hey, you can't buy that home without selling your current home." Mm -hmm. Well. Meritage actually said something different. Like, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. You're good to go. Like yeah. their own company, right? Yeah. So so they did. They they got him the loan. He got like 20 grand in incentives. And another cool thing that's not happening, um, and this is not like a our only consideration, but it just it is what it is. Builders sometimes are offering a higher commission mm -hmm. than a homeowner will. Yep. So on this particular property, it was a 5% commission. Mm -hmm. That didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> that did not suck. Yeah. And the, you know, the client was super happy. Yeah. You know, he got into his home, his, his home is under contract, but he's already closed on the new one. He used that company, man, he just had a great experience, mm -hmm. you know? So builders, um, definitely another option, definitely another option. The third one we have is kind of something you've already alluded to is the rate buy down. Mm-hmm. So what, what should people know about the rate buy down? So we're going to talk about this, but I want to take one quick step back. And, you know, if you have a f preferred lender and you don't understand rate buy downs, talk to them first For uh, before, before. And, yeah. and honestly, I would probably three-way call or zoom meeting them in with you and your buyer so that you have multiple perspectives and the buyer really understands this. Right. With that being said, a rate buy-down is very simply put is you are prepaying interest to a lender for a lower rate. Mm. They make the same amount of money, but you get a lower rate. So this usually typically only works if uh, the seller pays for it. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, there are conditions in which you could pay for a rate as a buyer and it still makes sense. You just have to run the numbers in, in the math. And that's where you really want to involve a lender in that. I'm a spreadsheet geek. But I still do not do this for my buyers. I might give them an example of what that looks like, but I make sure they always talk to the lender first because one, I may have done it wrong. Yeah. And two, I don't want to be liable for that. So as a realtor, again, liability issues do not play lender in this space. No. So, but what you really want to understand here is that you're using money at closing to prepay interest, to lower the rate, to make that mortgage more affordable. For those of you that don't understand 
the way this works is that one point, so when you hear points on a mortgage, one point is 1% of the amount financed. So it's sales price minus down payment is the amount financed. 1% of that is one point. One point is rough, worth roughly 0.0 or 0.375%. So, you know, each time you use one point, you're reducing the rate by 0.375. So if you have a 7% interest rate, you reduce at one point, you're at 6.625. Gotcha. And then so on and so on as you get more points. Gotcha. So if, you, if that math was confusing, run it back a second, listen to it again, maybe write it down as I talk. <laughs> um, and this is, again, if that was really confusing, this is why you want to involve a lender. Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, so, however, there's different forms of rate buy-downs. Um, and I know you've had some luck with the 2-1 buy-down. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about that real quick. Yeah, so, you know, just kind of going back to what you said is, I left it with the lender, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I, we've had luck with it, but I still am not an expert on that. Mm-hmm. So I stay in my lane. I, I give it to the lender. But yeah, we, we've had luck on the 2-1 buy down. And basically what it is, is you buy that rate down for a period of time, mm-hmm. right? So you buy it down, let's say it's 6%. Right. Um, well, you buy it down the first year, you go down two points or two, two percentage points. So you're at four. Mm-hmm. And then the next year is at five. And then the next year it comes up to six. Right. So it eventually does get up to six. It's a temporary thing. And and when folks go with that, one, if it's your buyers, make sure that the lender, and I think all of them do do this, but just make sure that the lender is qualifying them at the higher rate. Yes. Because eventually that payment is going to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to make sure that our, our, our clients are in a position to be able to make the payment when it hits its highest rate. Now, they're kind of hedging their bets that rates are going to come down between now and the time that it fully goes back up, mm-hmm. right? So there are some folks that did this, you know, with a you know, 6% rate, mm-hmm. right? They did a 2-1 buy now with a 6% rate, and right now they're at the 5%. Yeah. Well, in one year, if it goes up to 6%, they're still winning, yeah, well, I mean, there's buyers right now that wish it was at 6%. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and if it goes up, they're, they're still winning. But if their strategy was, I can't afford it at 6%, I'm hoping it goes down mm-hmm. in the meantime, then they're going to be screwed. Yeah. You know, so always make sure that they can they can afford that uh, that price, that, that higher interest rate when you do the 2-1. Yeah, and that's a really good distinction there of strategy is that, you know, when I, the, the rate buy-down I was talking about in the beginning, that's a permanent rate buy-down. That really works if you expect to keep that loan for a very long time. Right. Like, like the life of you being in that property, that's when that strategy really works. If you think that you are going to hedge your bets and try to refinance in the next year or two, that's where like a 2-1 or a 3-2-1 buy-down really come into play. Um, and this is, you know, talk to your lender so you can get the exact cost of these things so that you know what to ask for from the sellers. But on the seller side, get a lender involved early that that might be able to offer that out to buyers who don't have a lender or whatever. So you know what that is and offer that immediately. Right. Like if you really want to hit the market strong, think like a builder, offer incentives. This is not the time um, to shy away and let that, that listing sit on the market for six, nine months because you weren't willing to get aggressive from the beginning. So if your seller doesn't want to come down on price, Talk to them about offering a buy-down of some sort right out of the gate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So next thing, lowering, getting the sales price lowered. Okay. Right. That's that's another thing. Um, 
that we're doing and we're having a lot of luck with that. So, I mean, that's not as, it might not be as impactful as mm -hmm. getting a rate buy down, especially a permanent rate buy down. Right. But it, that's really depending on the deal that you get. Right. Right. So if you're a skilled negotiator or if you just get lucky, you may be able to get a smoking deal on a house for your client. You know, if they save 50 grand on, on the sales price, mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty significant over a period of time. Yeah. As compared to interest rates. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, right now I think every ten thousand dollars is eighty dollars off the mortgage. Now, um, that ten thousand dollars as a rate buy down is a lot larger amount off the mortgage. However, you're capped on what a seller can contribute to closing costs. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about con contributions to closing costs, there's different rates, whether it's FHA or conventional. So right now the, the average is right around six percent. But again, talk to a lender about what can the max can be contributed because it's different for FHA, VA, and conventional. But let's say it's a four hundred thousand dollar house, the max is six percent. That's only twenty four thousand dollars. That's a decent discount. But what if you could get fifty? Right. Well, the rest of that comes off the price of the house. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. twenty four here, twenty six there. Exactly. And you get your fifty grand. Yeah. So it does. Don't stop at just the concessions. You know, if you're looking for that best deal possible, yeah. I mean, you can get that uh, out of the sales price and concessions, or split it up. And you know, sometimes you have clients that that the only way they feel like they got to win is getting that sales price reduced. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that that requires us as agents being bold enough to go and ask. Yep. Right. I know a lot of times we we shy away from it. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings mm -hmm. or make the other agent feel like we're, we don't know what we're doing or our, our clients are running us and we're not, mm -hmm. you know, strong enough to stand up to that. And, you know, all that's BS, you know, it's all, it's all in the way you present it. Mm -hmm. I just presented an offer. It was $75,000 less yeah. than what the homeowner was asking for, but we were able to negotiate a deal, mm -hmm. right? They it was, it's all in the, in the delivery. Yep. Right. So that's a big one, lowering the sales price. Um, this one is something that I just started getting involved in, and it's seller financing. Mm -hmm. Seller financing basically is the seller being the bank. Yep. And saying, hey, all right, don't go out there and, and get a bank. I'll be the bank. I'll loan you the money. I will take the risk mm -hmm. of you not paying me and me having a foreclose on you. Right. Now, typically, those situations in, in, pri in the prior market was really suitable for folks that just couldn't qualify. Mm -hmm. now, they couldn't qualify for a loan. There's a ton of investors out there that do this, and they'll they'll owner finance, and they will um, they'll carry the note mm -hmm. right, and and then if they need to foreclose, they'll foreclose. And typically, the the avatar for that is somebody with with bad credit. You know, maybe they fell on hard times or whatever, mm -hmm. but but they've got a down payment. Right. Right. And so that would be a good candidate for that. But the interest rates were significantly higher mm -hmm. because there's higher risk. Right. Right. And they're kind of they're they're kind of stuck. Like either buy a home at this rate or continue to rent. Right. Right. That was really their only choice. Now, seller financing today kind of looks a lot different, you know, from the perspective of a homeowner who's having having trouble getting their home sold. Um, they may look to do some some creative mm -hmm. financing. I've got one right now that they've got a bunch of equity in the home. Um, they can do it. They can mm -hmm. do seller financing and, and we're advertising seller financing. Right. So as you're representing your buyer, look for opportunities for mm -hmm. that. You know, ask, hey, is it a possibility? Mm -hmm. you no, know, it may require it may require a big down payment. So mm -hmm. if your folks have a big down payment, seller financing may be a way to go. 
Yeah, this is fantastic for your small business owners who they write off a ton of stuff. And even though they have very high incomes, they may not show much to the IRS, which means they don't qualify for as much. Yeah. Well, seller finance is great for these people because they are reliable payers and they're not going to miss a mortgage payment. However, the way traditional banks look at them and they can't qualify for what they really can can afford. Yeah. So this is a fantastic option for them. Now, on the sell side, I, I'm really curious to, to find out like what kind of things would make a seller qualify to even offer this? Does the house have to be paid off or can they do it without paying it off? No, it doesn't have to be paid off. It doesn't have to be paid off. But if it's not, it, it creates a lot more disclosures and a lot more paperwork, right? Mm. Because now you've got kind of the wraparound type of thing where you've right. got the, the first lien holder um, who the seller owes money to. Mm-hmm. And now you've got somebody else on title in the home, right. not that previous homeowner. And then you've got a second mortgage that that is um, subservient mm-hmm. to the first. Right. Right. And so there's just, just a lot more of a mess where it's much better if they can get either a down payment big enough to pay off the mortgage or their, their home is already paid off. Okay. Yeah. Great advice for all the agents out there who are talking to high equity homeowners who maybe maybe they're only owed 10% or 20% of what the homes were actually worth left. That's a good down payment size for one of these seller concession deals. So mm-hmm. you just require that down payment to cover the first mortgage and they can, they can sell or finance the rest. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can offer a lower rate. Like mm-hmm. right now we're offering a 6%. Yeah. Which, which is 2% lower than they're going to get anywhere else. Yeah. Without, without having to buy down the rate and, yeah. you know, cause the rate buy downs are fantastic. And, and it's not that I, I hate mortgage companies winning, but really, the only winner there is the mortgage company. Yeah. They're getting all this interest prepaid, especially when you talk about the two one, the three, two one. Oh yeah. Because they're getting all of that interest prepaid, but the goal is to refinance out. So they just get to keep all that extra money. That's hundred percent profit right away. Yes. They're they're making yes. a killing on it. Yes. They're smart. They're, they're not <laughs> dummies. For sure. All right. Last one, assumable loans. Man, yeah. So this is, I just went through this with one of my clients and we ended up not getting it. Okay. Um, unfortunately for them, but it was advertised as an assumable loan. And technically the um, the mortgage company doing that was allowing it. Now, to be clear, any government backed loan, FHA or VA is assumable per federal guidelines. Got it. So that's a great question to ask your sellers before, when you're having your meetings with them, like what kind of loan is on the house right now? Is it FHA or VA? Because those are assumable. Now, the new buyer does have to qualify through the mortgage company to be able to assume that loan. And this is where we ran into issues is that I have my seller or sorry, my buyers that were trying to assume this loan. It was a 2.9% mortgage Mm. that would have saved my clients $800 a month versus the current mortgage rate. And the mortgage company, who I won't name even though I hate right now, um, they threw up every roadblock they possibly could to prevent my sellers or my buyers, sorry, from um, assuming this loan because they want to sell that loan. They want to they want to get their money back and they want to issue an eight percent loan. Yeah, they want more money. Yeah, and so while technically yes, you could have your buyers really need to be pretty squeaky clean. In in my experience, my limited experience so far to actually assume that loan. They have to fly through the guidelines here because some mortgage companies are, they don't, they don't want to, they don't want the, they want the 3% loan off their books. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can see that, Yeah, you know, from a business standpoint, you just run in numbers and I can see how that would make the most sense. Mm-hmm. I've not had any experience with assumable loans, um, but I know you had. So mm-hmm. I think that was a, a great one for you to talk on 
would you do it again? 100%, because it would have been well worth it for my buyers. When we ran the numbers, like in order to still equal that same amount of savings, we would have had to get almost $140,000 off the house, which this was oh, a $600,000 wow. house. That, that's a huge chunk. Yeah. You're not getting that discount from a seller unless they're just crazy desperate. Yeah. This is a really, really nice way to bridge that gap. And, you know, if you are a buyer's agent, just start asking the seller's agents, you know, what kind of loan do they have? Right. You know, is it FHA or VA? Because we might be able to assume that. Right. right. You know, and that, that works out best for everyone because once the new buyer assumes the loan, it is off of the seller's credit history. Got it. So there's no, there's really no risk to your seller. It's either assumed or it isn't. And then you can move on from there. Right. So if, if I'm working with buyers right now, we're going to go out and do an assumable loan thing. What, what advice would you give me to prepare myself and the, and the buyers? So I would tell you, um, just, you know, be prepared for that. It is the same thing as qualifying for a current loan. So get pre-approved just like normal and be able to provide that letter because, you know, there's a few hoops you have to jump through. And one of them is when you, uh, you know, here in Texas, at least again, other States may differ. When we submit an assumable loan addendum, um, we have to provide proof of credit worthiness mm. and there's a bunch of different check marks in there. And so you may be asked to provide, um, credit reports and proof of incomes and all this different stuff to sellers. We opted and told them, well, you're, you know, the sellers didn't ask for any of that, which was nice. Cause I, you know, we weren't going to provide that to them, but we did provide our current pre-approval showing that we could afford the house. Gotcha. Um, cause you know, we didn't, my, my, my buyers didn't feel comfortable providing that sort of detailed financial information to mm. the sellers who are not mortgage specialists. Right. Yeah. Like, I can see that. So, um, anyway, just know your forms, know what you will have to provide and then alternatives to that. If, if it comes up. Yeah. Sumo loans, I think are probably one of the most underutilized tools right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that will help everyone in a transaction because there's no risk to a seller and there's only, only gain for a buyer. Right. Um, now the trick is, is when, and similar to the seller financing, if you're, if your seller is in a high equity position, we'll say 40% or more equity. Well, there's the, the difference between the equity that is there plus the assumable loan. Well, that has to be covered by the buyer. So mm -hmm. if your buyer doesn't have a huge down payment, you might be in a second lien situation or something like that. And that's where it starts getting more complicated and it, the deal may fall apart with that high equity situation. Yeah. How, how long would it typically take? Like if, if you're going to uh, do the assumable loan thing, how long does it typically take to work with the bank and get an answer? What, what was your experience like? You know, I for them, it was about three weeks. Okay. So I think if normal closings are 30 days, you might want to tack one, maybe two more weeks onto that. Okay. To give enough time for a brand new bank to run your to run your buyers through. Gotcha. Because normally that's a two to three week process once you're under contract, but that's when that obviously you're already pre-approved and the bank already has all that information. So starting from scratch, I would give probably 28 days for the financing period and maybe another two weeks to close after that. Got it. Got it. Good stuff. Well, guys, that is pretty darn solid list yeah. of, of creative things that you can be doing to help get better deals, even in today's market. But again, it starts with education. Yeah, you have to understand what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and you have to be able to educate your clients on it so that they can understand as well. 
Well, and just, I mean, uh, using a football analogy, because, you know, that's all I have right now when the Dallas Cowboys are struggling, <laughs> um, is, you know, you have to understand the plays to know which one to run. Yep. If you're the coach calling the plays, how are you going to understand which one benefits your client the most if you don't understand the plays themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. So reach out, guys, if there's anything we can do to help you understand more, any resources we can give, any past experience we've had, we will share with you. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on social media. Comment below. Like it. Like this video. Watch the prior videos. If you guys have any interest in what's going on with NAR, mm -hmm. the lawsuits with Remax and anywhere mm -hmm. real estate. It's such a weird name. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have any interest in that stuff, we have podcasts on that. Go back and watch it. This is the How to Podcast. Again, we are your hosts, Kyle Lindsay, myself, Jeremy Smith. We thank you for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.